You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Amen. Good to be here this morning. Out of all honesty, we could have an invitation right now and be done with the service. And my wife would say amen loudly on that one because she's got to listen to me again tonight. Pray for her that God has speak to her heart today. Amen. Uh, I thank God for my, uh, my family. And uh, am I forgetting something? Children's Church, you're good to go. <laughs> Get out of here. It's kind of funny how God works. <clears throat> because I struggled with this lesson this morning. I was going to bring it forth in Sunday school. But I'm amazed on how good God is. And why He does what He does. And the uh, title of my message this morning is... 99.9%. That's what it's called. And you'll understand as we go through this because you just heard a tremendous song by my wife and my daughter. And um, we're going to be doing some bragging about Jesus Christ this morning. Amen. But unfortunately, only 99% of God's people are in. They're missing that 1%. And we need to get to a point to where we need to brag about God. So I'm going to give you a little illustration this morning on how proud I am of an accomplishment of something my daughter has done for quite some time. And uh, just giving you an example why we should be praising God. And so I'm giving you a worldly example because this is how we live our lives most of the time, by worldly examples. And we should not live that way. We should live by godly examples. So going back to the age of five, I got my daughter involved in karate. And... Uh, I did that for a very specific reason. I wanted her to be able to defend herself just in case something was to ever happen to her. And uh, you're saying, well, Chad, that's, that's kind of mean of you. I'm her father. And I realize that I am not going to live forever. And I realize that my physical strength is winding down. They say a man reaches his physical strength between the age of 40 and 45. I am 44 years old, so next year it's all downhill for me. And so I have a backup plan, and that is my daughter. She's going to have to take care of me. Well, she's been doing this for quite some time. It takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of hard work. It's not just done in class time. It's done at home. It's done after hours. A lot of hours spent practicing those forms that you have to memorize to go through to receive each belt that you want to accomplish. And I know Shane back there, he, he knows what I'm talking about because he, if you guys don't know this about Shane, he was in karate as well. And um, Shane, how old are you? 44. 44. <laughs> See? He's got one more year and you're done. One more year, you're done. But anyway, two years ago, she finally came to a point in her life where she gone through the stages and she became a black belt. And that is a great and big accomplishment. 
in her life. Well, two years have gone by, and there's 10 degrees. Nine degrees. Well, it's 96 degrees outside. I know that. <laughs> but there's a lot of degrees in karate. Last week, she uh, just tested for her second degree black belt. And I say this for a reason. I'm bragging about my daughter. And why was she able to do this? It wasn't because she was 99.9% in. She is 100% in in her skill. And folks, I know that might be a silly illustration, but that's exactly what we need to do and need to be when it comes being in the ministry with Jesus Christ. Being 99.9% in isn't all the way in. It's just like that commercial. You see those commercials. I think it's Clorox. It's guaranteed to kill 99.9% of all germs. Well, why stop short? I mean, how foolish of a campaign is that to put on television, especially for wives that like to clean their house and keep things clean. They're thinking to myself, why am I going to waste $7 on something that's only 99.9% guaranteed? Women, I know you want 100% guaranteed of a product, do you not? But that's the world's philosophy. They're 99.9% in. They're not all the way in. And you and I need to be 100% in when it comes to serving Jesus, when it comes to bragging about Jesus. Man, I tell you what, when they said, that's my God, I just wanted... I'm I'm from the Midwest. I know you got a pastor that's from the South. And uh, you got some other folks from the South. And we pray for you folks quite often. And uh, the Southern folks, they, they raise their hands and they yell. And I'm, I'm one of those Midwestern boys that just, I say amen really loud inside my head. My sister told me, Chad, keep your inside voice in your head, please. That's what she tells me all the time. I have yet to get that. But anyway, that's my God. That's my God who I'm talking about. Who saved me from hell. Who gave me a home in heaven. I'm not 99.9% sold on God. I'm 100% sold on God. Because I know what He has done for me. I have read it in Scripture. And folks, a few months ago, I went to Israel and I seen things that has been fulfilled in Scripture. I'm no longer 99.9% in. I'm 100% sold on Jesus Christ. Turn your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter number 5. And we're going to read just one verse this morning. The book of Mark, chapter 5, verse number 19. Just to let you know, everything I just said up to this point was not in my notes. So that was all free. You can do with that what you wish to do. That was all free. Mark chapter 5, verse number 19. We'll read one verse. It says, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends. Let me back up and give you the history of this story that we're about to uh, unfold here. Jesus goes to a man, the man who was possessed with devils, the maniac of Kadera, who actually lived inside the graves of these people. 
Now, just to kind of give you an idea of the graves, it's not the graves that you and I would have mentally in our heads where we dig a hole that's six, eight feet deep and we put a casket in there. That's not the type of graves that we're talking about because that would be humanly impossible for this gentleman to do this thing. And so when you go over to the Middle East, you have graves that are not what we see in our world. They're uh, areas that are uh, uh, caged off with fences and they have tombs on top of tombs. They have people on top of people. And I believe this is where the man of Hedera was at, inside of these places, living amongst the dead. And Jesus goes to this man because he had a desire to go to him to free this man of the things that he was in bondage with. And I tell you what, that shows you the perfect foreknowledge of Jesus Christ. Knowing that there is a man there that was in need of him and he went and he delivers this man from the bondage that he was in. And so now we pick this up in chapter number 19. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but say that him, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath compassion on him. Meaning, don't go home and be 99.9% braggadocious about what I have done in your life. Don't hold anything back. Don't hold that 1% back. But go home to thy friends and brag about me. Tell them that it was Jesus Christ who did this very thing in your life. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've allowed us to be here. Lord, I just want to thank you for the time that I was able to have with the teenagers and how that really blessed my heart this morning. Lord, what a fine group of young people that are here. Lord, I pray that you continue to protect them, guide them in their life. I heard their prayer requests. I heard their desires. And so, Lord, today I pray that you just work and bless. Lord, I pray that you'd be with me as I deliver your word this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would bestow your, your wisdom and your knowledge upon me as I desperately need it this morning. I cannot do this without you. Lord, I'm just a simple man. I need an almighty God to move in my life. And I ask that you would do so. Lord, again... I pray that I would not do anything to cause embarrassment or to bring shame to you. But Lord, my ultimate goal is to glorify you. And we ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath compassion on thee. Meaning, go home and brag. Go home and talk about how big your God is. Go home and tell them of the great thing that I have just accomplished in your life. Jesus doesn't only do this with the maniac of Gadara, but he also does this with a blind man. A man who was born blind from birth. And God, Jesus, restored his sight. I tell you what, what an amazing testimony that is. I have been to Israel and I have been to the pool of Siloam where Jesus told this blind man to go. There are four directions to get there. Three are uphill, and one, no, one is uphill and three are down. And imagine being blind and not knowing your way, but by feeling around. But he was able to get to the pool of Siloam. Why? Because he trusted in his God that just spoke with him and told him to go. 
I tell you what, God does some amazing things. Well, what are we to brag about this morning? What are we, and why are we to brag about these things that you're talking about here? Well, I believe the first thing that you and I need to brag about is your testimony. Your testimony is important to you, and it should be so important that you want to give it to the world. You want to go and have uh, the contact with people that you never had contact before and be able to share what God has done in your life. There is power in your testimony. If Jesus Christ has spoken to you at some point in time in your life and you called upon him to save you from hell, to save you to heaven, why not brag about that? Do you realize that is a miracle in your life? That is a miracle in your life. April the 25th of 1986, God spoke to my heart, and I was ashamed for what I had done. I was ashamed for, for uh, first of all, professing that I was saved for so many years. Growing up in a pastor's home, I couldn't take the guilt anymore. I couldn't take the pain that it was causing me. I didn't even want to walk down to the aisle to bring shame to my father. I went outside and I knelt by a tree, and I said, God, save my hell-deserving soul so that I can have a home with you. God, I realize my sin is taking me to hell and save me. God instantly, instantly saved me from hell to heaven. And that is something that I need to be bragging about this morning. That is something that I need to take to the four corners of this world and tell them, God saved my hell-deserving soul. And now I'm no longer a child of this world. This world's not my home. I'm just a passing through. My home is in glory with you. our mouths shut. We stay silent of what God has done in our life. We don't want to brag about because we don't want to offend. But we allow everybody else to take God's name in vain. We allow everybody else to drag His name through the mud, mock, curse, and make fun of Him. We don't say nothing. And they sit there and laugh about those things. How about the next time that it happens? Interrupt and Hey, let me tell you how God saved my soul. And if He saved my soul, He can save your soul as well. Brag about your testimony. I was talking to my mom a few weeks ago. Our church just went uh, to camp up in Silver State. To, uh, it's called Silver State Baptist Youth Camp. It's in Colorado. We had eight souls from our church saved. Eight souls that was on their way to hell. Two of them were my nephews and one of them was my niece. And it all got started off by a lady who only spent her third week in church who was at the age of 55, 56, never been to church before in her life. And this was her third week there. And she realized and she thought that the pastor was only talking to her. And you know what happened? That morning she accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior. You know what that did? That did something for a group that was going to be. It started to kick it off right there. You know what we've been doing ever since then? We've been bragging about how great God is. We're bragging about our testimonies. And how God saved us from hell to heaven. You need to brag about the great things God has done in your life. I was talking to my mom about this. And she goes, I was really concerned for him because I didn't, I didn't believe if he was truly saved. you got to understand something. My nephews and nieces have gone through a horrible time in their life. My nephew that just got saved, he was, I think, nine years old, maybe ten years old, and lost his father. And that's how many one of my older brothers. He's a boy today. I brag about how he's a boy. He's no longer suffering. We're the ones suffering. 
He's living. We're not living. No, we're suffering out here in this torture, this heat and humidity. And he's up there. Suckers. I figured it out. You did. But my mom said, you know, I've often wondered about the salvation. And she was like, I pray for him constantly. And by the power of God, answering her prayers to save her grandson. I believe there are two occasions, and I could be wrong. This is just my thought, my opinion. Ralph, I'm going to my opinion. I know you want that sometimes. <laughs> but I believe there are two occasions, two, two times when the windows are heavy or over for the souls that are there. One is when your loved one comes to know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. I believe those windows are open the day his son got saved. Two, Last week, I was able to baptize my nephew. I believe God opened him to the heaven to see his son get baptized. Chad, you don't have that shirt. No, don't take that away from me. All right? But I was able to look down at my nephew as I've taken my knee to walk. And I didn't even hold back my tears. Because I knew my brother's rejoice. That's how big our God is. Brag about your testimony. Brag about what he can do in your life. Jesus had just cast out the, de the devils from this man of Gadara. And now he is to go home and brag about or to boast about what the Lord has done in his life. When God does something great in our lives, we should let others know. We should have a desire to let everybody know. A few weeks ago, we, we experienced a wedding here in this town. I don't know who got married, but we experienced a wedding here in this town. And you know what they did? They let everybody know that they were excited about getting married and they invited folks. Why? Because they're braggadocious and boasting about each other. They wanted people to come and celebrate. It would have been a horrible day if nobody showed up. It would have been. I mean, think about it. Just you and Hannah. And she's already disappeared on you. What's it been, three weeks? Wow. Brother, I've been married 25 years here just January. 25 years. You know what that feels like? 24 seconds underwater. You'll get it later. My wife actually told me that joke, so I can say that. When God, when God does something great in our lives, let other people know. And this was the job of this maniac, was to go and let people know what God had done. Your testimony, folks, please understand where I'm coming from this. Your testimony just isn't your salvation. Your testimony is an ongoing thing. And you need to brag about what he's done. Amen. Two years ago, I'm going to do some bragging about my God, your God. Amen. Two years ago, my father faced surgery. I told this to the team this morning. My father faced open heart surgery. Had three things done. He had his chest cut open. They did a double bypass on him. They shaved off a section of his heart, and then they did an artificial valve all at the same time. It was about an eight-hour surgery. Came through the surgery fine. It was during the recovery where he experienced the trouble. His doctor, primary doctor, knew that he had congestive heart failure. My father knew he had congestive heart failure. Nobody else knew. The surgeon didn't know. And so during the time of the procedure, his heart just kept filling up with fluid. They had a hard time keeping it out. And so during the recovery process, my father died four times. Clinically died. 
to where they zapped him three times with the shock things. And then the last time I was at the hospital for this, and I literally saw a little man on my father's bed with about 14 other doctors and nurses around him beating his chest. That was just sewn back together, wired back together, beating on him to bring him back to life. God gloriously brought him through that. Spent the next 112 days in a hospital and in recovery through rehab and all those things. Spent many more times going back and forth to the hospital because of an infection that just kept setting in on his pacemaker that the doctors kept missing. All along, God knew what he was doing because if they were to go in and remove those things that needed to be removed, he would not have had the strength to have gone through those surgeries and possibly would have died. But our God, knowing what he knows, knew what was right for him, Amen. he gloriously healed my father, Amen. and my father is still going this day. Amen. Why? Because we serve a great God. That's right. It's not just about your testimony. It's about what other things God has done in your life. My mother, who has sharp feet, it's a disease that you get through diabetes, and her bones are constantly breaking. Matter of fact, this past year has been one of the worst years for her. They went in, they opened up her foot, and removed bones upon bones in her feet. She no longer has anything to support herself in this area. And so she's gone through surgery after surgery to straighten up her feet. This last week, two weeks ago, she stepped into the operating room once again, and they put a steel rod inside her bone for this very reason. Because three or four months before that, the doctor came here and said, we want to take your foot. Imagine if that was you. You know what they did? They prayed to the Almighty God. And God directed them to another doctor who specialized in this disease. And was able to perform four successful surgeries on it. And about six months to a year, my mom, who has been confined to a scooter, will walk once again. Amen. Amen. You know, we brag and we're amazed at the doctors. But who gave the doctors the ability? Amen. It's our God. Amen. It's our God. That's my God. Amen. And I love Him. That's right. That's my God. And I'll confess His name. Amen. That's my Jesus. Who took the lame and made them walk again. That's my God who healed the blind man and caused him to see once again. That's my God. Amen. You know what, folks? That's your God. If you have called upon him as your Lord and Savior. When God does something great, boast about him. It's not about your testimony. It's not about your salvation, but it's an ongoing testimony. It's an ongoing process of the work that God is doing in your life. And if you don't see God working in your life, then you better get down and ask God why. Amen. What are you saying, Chad? Are you saying I have never received Christ my Savior? Sir, ma'am, that's between you and the Father. All I know right now is God and I know that I'm 100% saved. That's right. Amen. Amen. So I can't answer for you. Only you can. When was the last time you boast about God to other people? When was the last time that you praised his name at work? 
When was the last time that you were in a line at the grocery store and you only had a hundred bucks and you knew you went over of your, of your budgets and God took that and gave you extra money in your pockets? When was the last time you boasted about the great things God has done for you? You know who can boast about God? Save people. Save people. The lost, they don't have the privilege to boast about him. Why? Because it's not their God. He's not their God. Your testimony can change the life of others. So let me ask you a question. Why are you only 99.9% in? You should be all in. God has done a wondrous work in our lives. And you and I have nothing to be ashamed of. Well, now that we confess our testimony, what else do we do? Turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter number 10. You know, I never asked Jesse for a timeline, so if you're out of here at 1 o'clock, blame him. <laughs> but book of Matthew chapter 2, 10, verse number 32, says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. If you and I don't tell others of God's grace, God's greatness, then who will? Amen. Who will? You know, we're always leaving it up to somebody else. Well, that's the pastor's job. Well, that's the associate's pastor's job. Well, that's the team leader's job. That's the song leader's job. No, folks, that's your job. Amen. A pastor's job is to train you to do those things. And when you do those things, he's going to boast and confess right along with you. That's your job. And if we don't tell God of uh, people of God, who are we leaving up to? The ones who walk around on the doors every Saturday, knocking your doors, try to give you a false hope, a false security, a false salvation. That's not their job. That's our job. Confess God before men. God saved you, did he not? Confess it to the world. God healed you during your time of sickness. Confess it to the world. By not confessing God to the world, we put ourselves in great danger. And that's one of the last places that you and I, as a believer, would want to be in. We must be all in with God. Not 99.9% of the time, but 100% in all the time. The danger here, the Lord will not confess us before His Father if we deny Him before the world. Don't, be, don't deny God before others. Be all in with Jesus. Be braggadocious. There was a man years ago that taught me a valuable lesson. And he used something to stir the thinking in my head. He says, how do I know about your father? And I was kind of dumbfounded by the question. I didn't really know how to answer it. And he began to give me the answer for me. He says, because you talk about it. You brag about it. You make him famous. You tell people how great he is and what he's done. You know what? That taught me a very, very valuable lesson. Which is why I'm preaching this message today. And I got rather off today for that. You know, it's our job to make Jesus famous. It's our job to confess him before the world. It's our job. 
that brings to my mind almost every single day, Rob. We have no idea what that did from that day. You know what that is? It's the power of testing. Amen. Amen. Confess it before the world. We must be all in. Turn your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm going to try and hurry up through this. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 15. says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Do you know it's going to be hard to give an answer to men if we're only 99.9% in? If you're just missing that 1%, can throw the whole thing off. 99.9% of the time isn't good enough. We must always be in 100% of the time for this very reason. To give an answer to man. To be able to explain the Bible to men and to women when they begin to ask us questions. I can take you to another chapter. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse number 15. How does this come about? How are you able to give an answer? It comes by studying of the Word of God. I hope every time that you see me and when I'm back here or when I'm at my home church, I hope and pray that you see growth in me. And that's not for me to be braggadocious about myself. Believe me, I can do that in other ways. But I want people to realize and see that I have a great love for Jesus Christ and I study His Word. You've got to be 100% in. And it's not just reading, but growth comes from great meditation. You know, a lot of times I hear a message or I read it or I read the Bible. I pray that God would speak to my heart because sometimes I don't get things right away. Again, I'm from the Midwest. I'm a slow learner. I don't get those things. And so God has given me a gift throughout the day to be able to recall back to things that I read and just be able to meditate upon those things to allow it to be more real in my life. So it comes by reading, it comes by great meditation, and it comes by from studying of the Word of God. And it's hard to answer this question if you don't know the answer. It's hard to answer that question if you know nothing about the Bible because you don't allow yourself to get in there. You know God wants to speak to you. It's through His Word. That's your God. He can still speak to you today. That's my God. He can still make the Bible real to you today. Why? Because that's my God. And I love Him. There's nothing shameful or embarrassing about the study of God's Word. Lastly, as we close... Not only do we need to be confessing, not only do we need to be studying God's Word, but we need to be a shining light for Him. And I get this from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse number 16. I'm going to give you a little story as I close out here. I have three brothers. My oldest brother was always a, can I say, a rebellious brother. And... I thank God for him because I was able to learn from his mistakes. Uh, I've seen him get spanked many times. I've heard him get spanked many times. And I'm thankful for him because he taught me a very valuable lesson. How to get away with things better. 
if you think I perfected it, my baby brother perfected it more than me. But uh, anyway, he is rebellious, and he had a hard time following the will of God at many points in his life. One, for this very reason. you got to understand, we grew up in church, and we know real people, and we know phony people. Come on. Yeah. I'm 44 years in the church. And it disgusted my brother to see people say they live for Jesus Christ, but seeing out the bars the next day walking out of a bar. And so he became very rebellious and didn't want to have anything to do with church for a long time. But God didn't give up on him, and he didn't give up on God. But here's the sad part of this story. My brother went to the same camp that I just talked about a few moments ago. I didn't go because I had a rebellious heart. I'm a grown man. I had a rebellious heart. And so the church, they all went. He comes back, and here I am, standing out in a church parking lot. Just my shorts on, no shirt, and I'm cool. I'm going to show these guys. I'm not rebellious. They just have a good time. They can't they see me. They're going to wander away. My brother came back on fire for God. God spoke to his heart like he would believe. His light was shining like he would believe. And you know what his younger punk brother did? He blew out his life for him. All because of my rebellious attitude. Sorry to end in there. God's still working on his life and God's still working on my life. By the way, just because I stand up here and preach, doesn't mean I'm any closer to God. Amen. You are. Amen. I still have problems. I fall. That's where the Jesse looked at the same thing. Matter of fact, that's his wife looked at every time he falls. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask my wife if she's got to drive home with you <laughs> But God's still working on our hearts. God got a hold of me. Got a hold of me quicker than my brother. My brother went out there in the wilderness for a long time. Lost his first wife through divorce. Had some scars along the way. God gave him a second wife. And to this day, because of a heart that wanted to be with God, and he knew that he needed to brag about God, God did a work in his life. God did a tremendous work in his life. He's now the song leader of the church. He now leads our youth departments. Things that I would not see him doing, he's doing. Why? I'll tell you this about teenagers. Because he got tired of living in the dark. Amen. The dark's a lonely place. That's right. It's a very lonely place. A lot of things can happen in the dark that we're ashamed of. But you know how we get out of the dark?
He bragged about the road that he went down that wasn't so lovely at times. Why? Because God brought him out of that. You might say, Chad, my testimony's not great. I was born and raised in church and God got over my heart. I wasn't saved out of alcohol and drugs. I wasn't saved from those lifestyles. You're so wrong when you think of things. God saved you from that. Amen. Amen. That's a powerful testimony. Amen. Just as powerful as the one who got saved out of it. Yes. God saved us from it. That's my God. Who took this young boy who's not even worthy to stand behind a pulpit. Who doesn't even have all the knowledge that he should have. But God gives me the grace, the mercy, and the ability to give his message to you. I'm the way special in your eyes. That's right. But I'm special in the eyes of my father. That's my life. You might not know the guy, the guy I'm talking about this morning. You might not know his greatness. But you can. All you have to do is call upon him. Well, Chad, that sounds really easy. <laughs> Why do we make things so difficult? Amen. Why can't they invent a cleaning agent that's not 99.9%? If <laughs> God gave you the ability to take 99.9%, do you not think that he gave you that other percent to affect that? Yeah. Amen? Don't be one of those believers that are 99.9% in. And don't be, I believe it's like Philip. Can't remember if the name stood in me. Almost persuaded. What's that? Thank you. He was 99.9% almost persuaded. See, it goes both ways. Maybe you're one of those people. I'm 99.9%. Knowing who Jesus Christ is, but I have yet to take that one percent. But yet I want to claim him today. Maybe you're that ninety-nine point nine percent believer who got that get out of hell free card, and that's all you have in life. And you're missing out on the tremendous blessings of God by holding back from that one percent. So let your light shine. Brag about your God. Leave here today knowing that you serve. I'm going to have you bow your heads. Stand you with me. I'm going to have Mike come up here. I will let Mike do what he sees to do best here. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for this time that you've allowed us to be here. Father, I know that I have totally gone off script this morning. But I believe it's because you wanted a different direction. And Lord, I pray for the 99.9% people in here. I pray that you just do the work that you need to do. Don't let anybody hold back. But Lord, you've spoken this morning. You've challenged us. Lord, I pray now that we react in your name.